0: This is a production by One and All Media. For more, head to oneandall.media.
1: Why are we listening to the media of political correctness? Why are, you, why are you allowing the media to tell you what you can and cannot say what is politically correct and incorrect? They're not on your side. Start listening to the voice of God. The God of the universe who loves you and wants the very best for you. Stop looking at him as the big bad cosmic boss and the lover of your soul.
0: Today. 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 Today with Jeff Finds.
1: We are taking the gospel to the world.
0: Pastor, apologist and
1: Bible teacher. One truth that will be delivered in love and compassion, connecting every one person to all that God has promised them.
0: Today, today, today with Jeff Fines. You're listening to today with Jeff Fines. My name's Aaron. Pastor Jeff is continuing his message of the gospel, looking at how you're not okay and I'm not okay. He urges us to stop looking at God like a hateful enemy, but instead look at him as someone who deeply loves and cares for you and I. So, Turn with me to Romans chapter two, verse 12, and get ready to hear the rest of this message from Pastor Jeff Vines.
1: Francis Schaefer, one of the deepest thinkers of our generation, C.S. Lewis, Francis Shaver, kind of the same category. He said, Romans 2 is about the invisible tape recorder. And he said, if you think from the time you're born that God places a little invisible tape recorder, and tapes it to your back. Now, don't try to see it, he'd say, you won't find it. But say it's there. And every time or he, rather he said it like this, the only time the little red light comes on and it's recording is when you start a sentence, you ought or you should. And every time you tell somebody you ought or you should, the red light comes on and it records it. Francis Schaeffer says, if God threw out the law and judged you on the basis of your own law, that you did the things that you told everybody else they ought to do or they should do, we'd all stand condemned. Nobody keeps the law, nor the law of God, or your own law of morality. And my friends, that is why we never have a breakthrough. We're, We're violators of the law of God. How can you get close to someone whose law you constantly break? Well, you can. And this is why Paul tells us how in verses 25 through 29. And you know what the answer is? What hope do we have? How can we have this breakthrough? And the answer is circumcision. (laughs) Don't think too long about that. Okay? He says, verse 25 circumcision has value if you observe the law but if you break the law you've become as though you've not been circumcised so then if those who are not circumcised keep the law's requirements will they not be regarded as though they were circumcised the one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you who even though you have the written code in circumcision are a lawbreaker a person is not a jew who is one only outwardly nor is circumcision merely outward and physical no A person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the Spirit, not by the written code. Such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. Now, what's he saying? What's he saying? Well, it's beautiful here. It is really beautiful. You have a whole group of people that love the law of God that Paul is addressing. And they've been trying all of their life to keep it. And they see themselves as special. Kind of like we Christ followers who come to church and pray and read our Bible, and we kind of see ourselves as different from all those heathens out there. But Paul says, What you really need is a circumcision of the heart, because the outward thing is not working. Because you love the law, but you're still a lawbreaker. You need something to happen on the inside, because the law is much more about the inside than the outside. There's a spirit, there's an attitude, that is the seed of every action and reaction. What Paul is saying basically is this: We're all doomed unless you have a heart change. Now, the reason Paul brings up circumcision—you with me still? Come on, you're, you're, this is the week. You're, you're the thinking congregation. You're the thinking group. This is my thinkers. That's why you come on Saturday night. No offense, Sunday people, but you're the thinkers. That's why you're quiet. I get you. I feel you. You love Jesus. You don't dance as much as everybody else. You're thinkers. You're cerebral. So I'm testing this out on you. The reason Paul brings up circumcision is because when God entered into his relationship with Abraham, it was the first time that God said, I want to have a personal relationship with you. I want you to do more than just know about God or know of God, I want you to walk with me, experience me, know me, feel me, and as a sign, I want you to be circumcised. Now, if I were a Abraham, I've said before, I would have had some pushback on that, but here's why. In baptism, it's a sign, we said. It's you're dead to sin, alive to God. The old life is gone. The new life has come. It's a death and rebirth. Do you understand the purpose of circumcision in the Old Testament was God was saying this, walk blamelessly before me, and if you do, I will bless you. But if you go your own way and disobey me, I will cut you off. In Abraham's time, I think we touched on this a couple of years ago, when you did a contract, you didn't shake hands or sign papers. When you did a contract with someone, you acted out What you were saying, you wish would happen to you if you violate or go back on your word. So Abraham makes the covenant with God. Remember what he does? He cuts the animals in half and he walks between the pieces. He's supposed to. And the sign would be that as you walk between the pieces, you're saying, if I violate this covenant that you and I have made, forget about God for a moment, two people. If I violate the covenant I have made with my brother, then may I be cut off from the land of the living. May I be cut to pieces like these animals are cut to pieces. That's how you did a contract. And it was powerful. Circumcision means that I've entered a covenant with God in the Old Testament. And if I disobey it or break it, may I be cut off like my flesh has been cut off. That was circumcision. The only problem is this. Did anybody keep the covenant? Have you read the Old Testament? You can rename it 101 ways to sin against God. That's a good summary of Genesis to Malachi, Abraham, Hagar, Isaac, Jacob, the deceiver. Did anybody? Has anyone anyone ever walked blamelessly before God? No. But then Paul says in Colossians two eleven, in Him—that's Jesus Christ—you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off. That word is actually cut off. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was cut off when you were circumcised by Christ. What kind of circumcision is he talking about? Flesh? New heart. Do you understand what he's saying? Now, please, please, this is, this is where you have to grapple with this. I'm almost done. It's a shorter sermon, but you've got to grapple with this. What happened on the cross? Jesus was cut off, right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I can't feel you, God. I can't experience you. Where'd you go? Isaiah 53, verse eight, for he was cut off from the land of the living. Jesus goes under the knife for you. He was cut off from the father so that you would never have to be. He received the curse that we deserve, which means we received the blessings he deserved. Remember last week? We get what he deserves, he takes what we deserve, which means unity, fellowship, relationship with a father who is closer than the air that we breathe. Do you understand that? Because Jesus was cut off from the land of the living, we are cut, circumcised in him with a circumcision not made with hands. We've been given a new heart, we think differently. And you know what that means? This is the climactic point now. Here it is. It means that when you and I come into contact with the law of God, we no longer say, I hate this. I can't do this. I'm not okay. Because when we see the law now, we see it as having been fulfilled, not by us, but by Jesus and credited to our account. And that's why this series is called The Power of One. So when you and I come to the law listen this is seriously last page I'm on the last page and I'm going to keep talking though until I see that you get it okay When you come when you and I come to the law of God now the 10 commandments the sermon on the mount we're not crushed by it it's easy to be you can get downright depressed If you go back and read Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, sometimes you say, man, I am doomed. But but because your heart has been changed, you aren't crushed by the law now. Instead, you see the beauty of Jesus in the law, because who's the only person who's ever kept it? And he kept it and now credits that righteousness to you. So that all of your sins have been transferred to Jesus. Because he was cut off from the land of the living on your behalf. And all the beauty of his life is transferred to you. And that's why Paul says in Romans 8 later, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, when you understand that, when you understand that, you'll lose your arrogance. Because there are still people that go to church all the time that they say to themselves in their hearts, you know, I believe the right things. I have the right stance on abortion. I have the right stance on same-sex marriage. My morality is the morality of the Bible. Therefore, I deserve to be blessed by God and people should respect me. They're either that way or worse, they're transparent without any effort to change. Oh, I, I break the law. Oh, woe is me. But when your heart is changed... You have a new attitude. You no longer hate the law. You love it because you're not trying to measure up to it. It's already been measured up to by Christ. You're still trying to pursue it, but for totally different reasons. You've been freed up to pursue it so that you may live the abundant life. It's for you. It's a father who loves you. That's why you're justified under the law because of what Christ has done. And the law will no longer crush you. And until you understand the beauty of the law of God as fulfilled by Christ himself. Listen now, until you understand the beauty of the law fulfilled by Christ himself credited to your account, you will not be able to take a deep breath. God saved me. Now let me pursue him with all of my heart. I'm okay, you're okay? No. I'm not okay, everybody else is? No. I'm okay, you're all messed up? No. I'm not okay, you're not okay. But in Jesus Christ, I am beautiful when God looks at me. What does all this mean? It means that you and I choose to relate to God on the basis of grace, which means Jesus kept the law, paid the penalty, did everything for us. Man, see, there is. when you come back next week, <coughs> I finally, I was so excited about next week's message that I started writing it on Thursday and Friday. Because it gives me that one chance to, to just remind you, this is like nothing else. Do you, Christianity is like nothing else. It, it, it's, a, it's almost like counterintuitive. You, it, it almost doesn't sit right with you which is why people on the outside struggle so much with it. But if your heart's been changed, you don't devalue the law. You love it even more now because it doesn't condemn you. So can I ask you, why are you allowing culture to determine what is right and wrong? Why are you doing that? Culture has a way of rationalizing whatever it is they want to do why are, you, why are you allowing culture to determine who you should sleep with, who you should not sleep with? Why do you allow them to determine what is right, what is wrong, what you can smoke, what you can't smoke? Why, why, do, you, why do you let culture to de- They're not in it for you. They're rationalizing. Have you ever sat your children down and said, Look, you've got to understand something. There are two forces at work in this world. One wants to destroy you, the other wants to save you. You've got to seek the one who saves you. Why are we listening to the media of political correctness? Why are you you allowing the media to tell you what you can and cannot say, what is politically correct and incorrect? They're not on your side. Start listening to the voice of God. God. The God of the universe who loves you and wants the very best for you. Stop looking at him as the big bad cosmic boss and the lover of your soul. And remember, he's the one who made you, he designed you. And the designer, the creator, always knows how what he has designed works best. He knows what it can't be used for, what it can be used for. So, the journey of your life, folks, the journey of your life. It's not a list of if I do this and I don't do this, I'm saved. The journey of your life is discovering and experiencing God. And you discover and experiencing God by going into the word of God to discover the heart of God. And as you discover the heart of God, you fall in love with God. And when you fall in love with God, you will obey him with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Can I challenge you? Turn off the TV, turn off CNN, MSNBC, Fox, turn them all off, pull out your Bible, and read the book of John, and then go to the book of Romans, and then go to the book of Revelation, and allow his word to confront you and contradict you. See the beauty of his law. You're already justified, you understand that. The law should not wound you, you're justified. you're going to heaven. Now pursue the abundant life because the very first psalm, all the way back in the Old Testament, says, blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of God and who meditates on it day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Okay, you're going to heaven. Do you want to experience God? Do you want to feel God? Do you want to sense his presence? Do you want revival to come? And if you do, it comes by way of your decision to go hard after God. And you get to know God by saturating your mind with the words of God so that his law is embedded deep into your heart. And you'll never be able to do that until you bring into your life the center, the judge who was judged in your place and understand that you are free. Can I challenge you for seven days to get ready for next week? Can I give you a challenge? Some of you will do it, some of you won't. Can I challenge you that from right now until You hear next week's sermon, no TV. (laughs) You can record it and double watch the next week. (laughs) Because some of you, I mean, some of you, that is your idol. The thought of living without the television, just it... it. Put it down, turn it off for seven days. Can you do it just for seven days? If you did it for seven days, the first two would be like a fast. You'd think you were going crazy. And then the third day, then the fourth day. By the time you get to the seventh day, you'll be asking this, why on earth did I ever watch television? What a waste of time. Now, look, I'm not one of those teetotalers. Look, I watch television. You know I watch television. Of course I do. But the older I get, the less of it I watch. Because you see how of little value it really is and how it's swaying you swaying you away from the law of God. Therefore, you can't meet him and experience him and know him, which is what your soul really wants. Can you do that? Before, we mentioned in prayer meeting, almost done. Hey, I'm right on time. I got two full minutes. I'll be finished early. (laughs) In prayer meeting last Monday night, I stood back over there on the stage and we were getting ready to come out. And God spoke to me. Now, it wasn't audible, okay? It was not audible. I didn't hear voice. I wish I, if I did, I'd tell you. I'm over there and it's a prompting by the Holy Spirit of God. And it only, I only get these prompts when, I'm, when I've really been listening, when I've learned to distinguish his voice. And I've kept praying, God, we want revival around this place. You know, COVID happened, a lot of people, we just, we want, we want to be the kind of place where people, when they walk in the door, they know God is here. We can't fake that, God, and I'm not going to fake that. No way. It only happens if you decide it's going to happen. And it's like the Holy Spirit said, okay, then. All right. Well, it starts with you, Pastor Jeff. There's a dark cloud that hangs over our lives. And the dark cloud is that we refuse to sanctify ourselves so that God can do his miracles. Joshua 3 God said tomorrow, Joshua said to the people, tomorrow God's gonna do a miraculous thing. We're gonna cross the Jordan. We're gonna put 12 stones to remember. You're gonna tell your children about the miraculous thing God did. So Joshua, what I want you to do this night is go sanctify yourselves. Go love the law, pursue the law, pursue God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength for tomorrow I'm gonna do a miracle. I am 57, I wanna see God. I want to be part of a movement where God is moving in this place. And it's only going to happen when we turn the TV off, when we stop being ruled by everything out there so that we're distracted by what's really in here. And the thing is, what we really want is God. And the false idols are giving us a little bit of something that pleases us, but we end up sacrificing our future for the pleasure of the present. You got homework. And in the words of that great theologian, get her done. <laughs> Father, thank you for the power of your word. I, I pray that as we come this weekend, we're, we have been honest that it is a, it's a setup for where we're going, for where you're taking us. But I do pray. I pray not so much for the irreligious as I do the religious. That even though we love the law and we do, that we would see that we do not measure up but there's someone who did. And the beauty of the law is seen in the life of Christ, which compels us. We're compelled to him because of that life. Solidifying again, proving once again how much we love the law when we see it in somebody else. Father, help us to pursue it, not to be justified, but because it is the way of life, peace, contentment, less anxiety, less fear, less depression, and more of experiencing and living and walking with God. I am thankful, we are so thankful, that mercy triumphed over judgment. And because mercy triumphs over judgment, oh, now, now we sing and we worship, knowing we are good with you. Help us, Lord, to be good with ourselves in the sense that your law comes into our life and changes us from the inside out. In Christ's name.
0: You've been listening to Today with Jeff Vines Next time, we'll bring you a new message from Pastor Jeff. You can listen to more messages like this. Just search for Today with Jeff vines wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, you may-